0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Lunch Money, your online and social media home for workouts, special situations and capital raising professionals. Now in the advertising, it said not only uh, are we your the, the, the online and social media home for, for capital raising professionals, et cetera, but also for people who like to live life one quarter mile at a time, which was a fast and furious reference, uh, but our planned content cannot go ahead today. Uh, for reasons that I'm not sure I'm able to discuss. Uh, So I'm going to have to leave that as a little bit of a mystery. You may be able to fill in the blanks yourself, given that there was uh, a lot of um, activity in and outside the courts on that particular matter. Uh, I have instead uh, invited uh, two uh, special friends of Lunch Money and two of uh, Sydney's uh, leading corporate restructuring uh, professionals, that's uh, Suley Arnordovich, uh, who is a partner at Hall Chadwick, and Darren Anderson, who's a managing partner at ERA Legal. G'day, gents, how are you going? Excellent. Now, Darren, are you able okay. to say the legal reasons why we can't do our regular part. show today, or have I said enough already? Um,
1: I don't agree with the alleged legal reasons why okay. you can't do your show today, but uh, apparently, someone's commenced a court proceeding to stop the Ferrari auction, and some people think that that um, is sub judice. I don't think it is. I think sub judice relates to jury trials. But if they won't come, Nick, there's not much you can do about it. So yeah. here's well, Sula, I here at the last minute. <laughs> so and uh, it could be this could go. A bit like a jazz concert. It could go all Miles Davis or it could go all Wilbur Wild. So hopefully we're more Miles Davis at the end of the day, Nick, than Wilbur Wild.
0: Well, Darren, you are one of our, uh, in spite of the fact you're a lawyer, you are one of our least cautious uh, guests uh, on Lunch Money. So uh, so that's okay. Um, it, it, I, yeah, look, I mean, I guess from now on we can say that anything you say on Lunch Money uh, could be used in, as evidence and um, you know yeah, maybe using a court of law. Um, look let's go to Sule. Uh, what have you been up to lately Sule? I saw that you had an ad recruiting. Does that mean that you're uh, filling some holes or you're expecting uh, that that uh, restructuring wave to finally crash on the shore?
2: Well I think um, different from last year, I think the uh, the up to in restructuring work will be will, will come a lot quicker than it did. Start of 2021. Um, I think the big difference between this time around and the end of last year is uh, a couple of issues. Not as much um, uh, government support, I would say, as a high level, uh, no insolvent trading moratorium. And um, what I think is quite a big impact is uh, the general lack of confidence um, uh, that business owners have. Um, Will they double down? Will they refinance and go again or will they clean the slate and start again? I just think uh, the um, the the turn up in restructuring work will increase a lot quicker this time round than it did at the start of twenty twenty one.
0: So are you planning any holidays for Christmas or 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 will it be, you know, early twenty twenty two?
2: Let me know where I can go. Nick with some uncertainty <laughs> and I'll let you know. It's yeah. It's
0: well, a bit of uh,
2: the you... moment to make any plans.
0: You've got a little bit of room in your backyard, probably. I'm sure you can pitch a tent and, uh, you know, get some babbling brook sounds going. What, um, you know, you do, obviously you, you speak to a lot of people. You're probably a little bit like me. The phone rings a lot and there's a lot of people that uh, want to know what if scenarios, but whether or not they actually uh, manifest into immediate work is something else. I mean, are you getting a lot of inquiries from hospitality or is it, you know, manufacturing or is it, is there anything in particular that stands out? At this time around
2: um i think there's there's still a fair general inertia problem at the moment um out of out of uh as a whole a lot of people are, are triggering uh restructuring and salty appointments at the moment um I don't think a pressure from the statutory bodies uh or the financiers or anyone in particular. Um, And I think it's just a case of um, um, time will come when reality prevails. People have to make these decisions, but at this point in time, um, I think most people can agree in in our particular industry that they're rather quiet, Um, and by the look of the appointments over the last few weeks, they've certainly been trending down, trending smaller, so no, um, we, we had some benefit with some interesting, sizable work on these lockdowns, um, but things are, are relatively quiet at this point in time, but we do expect it to um, ramp up significantly um, in the first quarter of uh, 2022.
0: Right. Okay. All right. And Darren, you have been busy this week.
1: We've been Well, we've been busy, fortunately, all, all through the lockdown, so um, which has been good for us, not necessarily with the uh, insolvency uh, work, um, but with general commercial work and, and lending work, we've got a bit of insolvency work on. Um, we were fortunate uh, to get a, a clarifying judgment in the Supreme Court of New South Wales this week in relation to the operation of Section 588FL of the... Corporations Act, which in simple terms is the section um, that insolvency practitioners often rely upon for the vesting of security interests. Um, so that, that judgment uh, has clarified the law quite quite significantly.
0: So can, can you just dumb that down for us? There's a lot of sections and, and what have you. Just for, sure, the, sure. for the average punter, so what it, does all that mean? In, uh,
1: essentially 588 FL of the Corporation Act uh, Corporations Act works in uh, a number of scenarios such such that if a company has been placed into liquidation or administration um, and the security interest uh, has not been registered uh, prior to the company being placed into administration or, reg- or liquidation, the security interest vests in the company, essentially it's invalid. Um, the, the more common scenario is where the security interest has been registered um, prior to the liquidation or the administration or it was registered, uh, but but the registration wasn't done within 20 business days and the company goes into liquidation or administration uh, within six months of the date of the registration. However, that, that wasn't really what the case was about. The way the section has Um, also been interpreted, and the way that um, ERA had interpreted it um, um, prior to this decision coming down was that once a company had been placed into administration, if the company wanted to borrow money, the lender had to get its security interest essentially approved by the court. Perhaps not approved by the court. More technically, you had to get the registration time amended under the Act. Otherwise, upon the upon the registration of the security interest, it would immediately vest. So it's essentially the security interest without court approval would be invalid. And as right, you so. know, Nick, as you know, despite my um, uh, I mean, not being all that conservative on lunch money um as a lawyer for lenders i'm very conservative in my advice and the advice had always been to go to court and, and get um, get get the approval but as a result of this case that's no longer necessary
0: um so essentially what that means is in in america uh they have obviously the chapter 11 regime and we you know that seems to come up on a regular basis as to whether or not that should come into australia but one of the features of the chapter 11 regime is um a debtor in possession funding or dip funding as they call it um where uh, once the company's gone into Chapter 11 or any over here it's obviously into voluntary administration, when it's gone into Chapter 11, a new lender can come in to provide funding uh, f- for the restructure. You're saying that essentially with this decision that you've achieved this week that it makes it, whilst it's not the same as debtor and possession funding in the in the, in the US obviously, but and it, it does make it easier for... Uh, for a funder to come in to fund a restructure or to at least fund the the administration of the business?
1: It certainly makes it easier because it makes it easier and a a little bit um, cheaper because you don't have to go to court to get the approval of the court. As I said, it's not strictly approved. We have to get the registration time of the security interest amended under 588 FM of the Act, but it it certainly makes it a uh, a, a lot easier to achieve.
0: Okay, you know there are times when I know we've been involved where we've wanted to provide some assistance, and the advice is, you know, your advice has been: look, you've you've got to go to the court. And whilst I understand that in these circumstances the courts do operate relatively quickly, uh, it is not it is absolutely an obstacle to to proceeding with matters, particularly given that these things are so time sensitive. I, I guess are these are these things that are more uh, functional in the breach or actually in in going into a into a transaction like is it something that we're going to see po- as, a, as saving someone's backside post fact or is it going to come into the decision whether or not a business can be saved or not in the first place
1: uh, you mean the decision uh, yeah. from, from yeah. this week yeah i, I think it'll put a lot of lenders lawyers and a lot of um uh, a lot of insolvency practitioners minds at rest because until this decision, I'm sure that the section was on it more in the breach. Um, but people were were ignoring uh, the literal reading of the section, so I think it puts a lot of a lot, lot of a lot of people at rest. But you know, you've got to jump through all those other obstacles. Uh, Nick, in any event, dealing with the with with um, um, Feg and others when when you're um, Lending to, di- to distressed in- in, uh, industries or dis- distressed companies, all those other obstacles are still in in, uh, in place, of course. So um, you're one of the experts at uh, lending to distressed entities um, and, and helping them recover. So, um, you know, your way through that minefield. But um, it's certainly going to be an area, I think, over the next couple of years uh, when the uh, House of Cards does start to topple um, as a result of um, this crisis we've been in for almost two years um, distress lending is going to be um, uh, a very big industry i think so right.
0: well we don't want to encourage too many people to come into it wait till we've had our fill <laughs> first uh, well, after we run out of money then everyone else is welcome to join the party um Sule obviously you know you're the administrator of a company and i want to come in and uh you know, provide some funding to to help the restructure along. Uh, Before this decision, there was a great big question mark and and Darren would say there was no question mark at all. The court had to approve an incoming financier. Um, Do you think this is going to make life easier if you don't have to go to court? Obviously, as Darren says, you've still got to make sure you're doing the right thing and you're ticking all the boxes and you're not going to make enemies uh, of our, our, our friends at FEG, for example. Um, but do, do you see this as being of uh, something that will assist? I, I,
2: I think the whole concept of uh, borrowing money in administrations has been quite tricky uh, for, for people like myself uh, for many moons. Um, and people have tried to contract out a liability and do all sorts of things. Um, there's one thing atypical about the, the, you know, what, what's happening uh, with what Darren is talking about is... Um, Administrators will just be a lot more conservative in terms of borrowing money or trading through during their appointments and seek to get all sorts of loan funds or uh, trade on finance measures approved by the court before they do anything of course that's it, it's great to tick all the boxes um, but as you both know um, uh, especially on bigger assignments um, in the, it, it's, there's always some pressing need and some urgency. And what you end up finding is um, practitioners like myself, you, you you make commercial decisions in the early part of administrations, you implement a process and then you go to the court to to plead for forgiveness to try and support the commercial uh, decision-making. Um, so I, I don't think much, much has changed. Um, administrators will always be conscious always. of and, re, and receive and conscious of their liabilities. Um, and more and more... In our space, the the courts will be asked to to bless our uh, decision-making. But but there there, there is always a risk uh, and issues to traverse um, as a restructuring person borrowing money in our formal role because of the position of uh, financiers, because of the position of employees, the Department of Employment, uh, general liabilities owed for borrowing the money and the obligation to creditors further down the line. It's a a necessary evil, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, that said, sometimes, as you know, I mean, um, as you know better than I do, I mean, sometimes it's a matter of, well, if we can get some money into this business in the next three days, you know, because we've got payrolls and, uh, you know, suppliers are going to pull supply and, you know, the landlord's going to kick us out, whatever it might be, it could be the difference between the business being saved and the business just having to go straight into liquidation. But, but I guess, as we well, all know, there's that, no heroes' medals. Great. I mean, if, if, if someone's got an axe to grind, uh, you know, the best of intentions can sometimes uh, certainly come into question.
2: Yeah. There's a bit of a dichotomy with the decision process because you go into these administrations trying to fulfil the objective of what the law is trying to do, and that's save sure. something. Save some yeah. business, save some business, get some result. Um, and sometimes uh, those outcomes don't prevail, whether it's a, um, a vote that goes against you or a sale of business that doesn't get underway or, or, or a deed of arrangement promise that falls through. Um, then, unfortunately, um, the decision to continue to trade and or take risk is viewed with the benefit of hindsight, and um, you know, that's when criticisms, criticisms are levelled. Um, so there's always going to be a divergence between commercial risk-taking and trying to get a result and um, ticking all the legal boxes in what we do.
0: Darren, you were going to say something?
1: I just want to talk a bit about the exciting news of the day that the 11am daily uh, doom and gloom lecture uh, has ended from today, which I thought was uh, really made my weekend.
0: Well, I mean, look, I I have had a look on Twitter and there there are those who say it's a a travesty of democracy, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, I, I you would have to sort of put away any sharp implements in my room as you watch that because it wasn't wasn't good for your mental health. And uh, I don't know. I think they should. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I guess what, what was announced this week, one of the things that our, our Premier in New South Wales certainly said uh, was that we've got to get ready for reopening up. Um, but I am interested in professional services. I mean, obviously in accounting and in law, there is a lot of labour that transfers overseas. You know, we get in in the legal profession and the accounting profession, you see a lot of people come in from, uh, you know, from uh, all parts of the world, really, Um, and that may well be temporary or long-term. Do you think it's going to be hard when you do get busy? Is it going to be hard to recruit? Are, Are you... We have had said on lunch money before people think that, uh, particularly with, board, with the international borders being closed, and also with the state borders being closed. Because while we may open up in New South Wales, you know how where we can go is is a question. Is that going I, to I, impact on 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 law firms and accounting firms, Darren?
1: Can I just say say this? It's extraordinarily hard to recruit right now because um, my discussion with recruiters. Um, And and as far as recruiting senior lawyers are concerned is it doesn't matter how good the opportunity or the amount of money offered, even if the amount of money is significantly above the odds, people will not leave their position because they are so concerned about, you know, what the future is going to bring. So if they're in a job and they're secure, um, they're not going to move, um, even though they may have thought about moving beforehand. Regarding the overseas issue, I don't know because we can all work from home now. We've all learned how to work remotely. Um, So I think there might be some opportunities because those people who you might um, employ from overseas who you would usually want them to be on the ground in your office in person, uh, we've learned so much about working from home, um, it, it might open opportunities.
0: Yeah. Okay. What 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 do you think, Suley?
1: I I think
2: in terms of impacts for for the big four accounting firms, and and probably the uh, the the larger multinational legal firms, there could be various impacts. But uh, one of the benefits I think to come out of this whole diabolical situation over the last couple of years is an understanding that um, you can have fewer face to face meetings, um, and you can still remote. operate remotely and get various things done. It doesn't obviously appeal to to every situation uh, especially extremely important sensitive ones Um, but that's going to change internal flow of staff, certainly in accounting firms and uh, big legal firms in terms of secondments and or relocations transferring within the organisation for years to come.
0: I
1: don't think Nick Big accounting firms and big legal firms are going to open up until probably the second quarter of next year anyway. Even even at DRA, I mean, think there's going to be a big reluctance. I'm going to be reluctant to go back to the office in October, um, personally, if I've got to wear a mask inside my office. It's it's Whilst um, I'd comply with the health order and have my staff comply with it, I think it's oppressive to require your staff to come to the office and wear a mask all day inside the office. So I think we're going to have a lot of reluctance until that wearing masks inside offices rule is lifted, um, it, most people aren't going to want to return to the office.
0: Now, we are, we are very privileged, you guys, that we have Deanne Tyndale. Uh, welcome back to the comment section, Deanne. It's great to see you. And I was just thinking of Perth as 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 Darren was talking there. Deanne is is based in Perth. Uh, she does executive uh, executive recruitment, particularly in the in the uh, turnaround space. She she sort of parachutes in CEOs and those C suite people. And she says here, in my experience, good people will move if there's a great opportunity at a new employer. If it's more of the same, no chance you'll entice them. So. I guess uh, what she's saying, yeah. I guess that sort of speaks a little bit like, uh, to what you're saying, Darren. If it's going to be just you know law firm A to law firm B uh, with maybe some sort of incremental benefit, it won't work. If it's a really exciting opportunity, then maybe maybe that'll be uh, the difference. Great, thank you very much, Deanne, for, for for tuning in today, even though we don't have any any Ferraris uh, or, or, or auction action. Um, uh yeah so that's uh, that's interesting i mean look i there is a newspaper article here uh, a post lockdown labor war has already started uh says the financial review um there's uh, they're quoting uh, uh steve mccann from crown resorts uh having seen how the economy can bounce back once the lockdown shackles are lifted mccann is wary of being caught short of good staff uh, in a market where labor supply will be throttled by border restrictions uh, and he has talked about. Um, uh, actually, no, sorry. They're also quoting Wilson's head of investment strategy, John Lockton, uh, who says there are signs of what he's calling labour hoarding. So what they're saying here is that some companies that don't need their current uh, staffing levels uh, are hoarding their labour anyway. Uh, I guess in anticipation of labour being hard to get get a hold of. I suppose you, that's. Uh, they're also saying that this. Um, the vaccine rollout means management can see that the company should be back to more normal trading conditions by December. I mean, all of this is sort of gobbledygook, I suppose, to people in WA, for example, who, you know, they're, they're just leading normal lives, except except that they don't get um, don't, don't get to see regular visits from the like of any of us. Um I mean, do you see any of that so-called labor hoarding in the in the professions, Sule?
2: Um It's gonna be very interesting, Nick. Um, Fundamentally, it's very difficult to prepare. I mean, we've, we've been given some sort of hopeful notice that sometime in middle October there'll be some sort of easing of restrictions, at least in New South Wales. But really, what does that mean? Does that just mean we can get a haircut and go to the pub? Um, I don't know, you know, after two or three days into the sort of hopeful promise, what that means for professional services staff. Um, it, it's just very unclear. I suppose there's a glimmer of hope the, the The devil's in the detail, and at this point in time, we don't really have um, the detail.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things i I will take issue with you, surle, I think it was you that said a little earlier that you think that um, uh, uh, that that we've got used to doing zoom and uh, and what have you. Uh, I don't know I don't know about that. you know, I mean i, I I've sent emails to some of my best connections this week in around the country. So, you know, Perth, for example, you know, I used to go to Perth 20 times a year and, you know, I do think that people particularly in Perth and Queensland and Victoria for that matter, you know, if you're a Sydney person that actually makes the effort to hold your backside across the country on a regular basis, uh, you will get more traction than someone who just, you know, picks up the phone every now and then. Now, of course, better traction still is to have boots on the ground um, so I, I don't know i personally think that you know not being able to not being able to travel is a is a major uh, is a major issue uh we've got a comment yeah you don't need to
1: go to perth if you're in sydney
0: now because when you walk down the
1: main street of sydney um on um uh, today it's got the same amount of people as you'd find on a friday afternoon in perth so it's just like being
0: in perth yeah, I know, but yeah, different people are different people. Uh, Tim Ellis from Brisbane says, I've attended a number of professional offices in Brisbane where everyone is wearing a mask. However, they remove the mask when they sit down with a client with a glass of water or tea and coffee at the table. Does that mean, Peter, are masks mandated inside the office in Queensland? I'm not sure uh, about that. But I guess what you're saying is that people are sort of working around uh, the more uncomfortable uh aspects um of of those situations um look guys we look we we have we have we have survived 27 minutes of total off the cuff uh over a cup of coffee chat uh we are going to wrap up in a couple of minutes and we do we do have a, a good a good number of viewers believe it or not if you are watching this. Uh, now is your chance to shoot that question in bef- uh, before we log off. And I will say that uh, for those who were uh, wanting to see uh, Ian Hyman and Richard Rort talk about Ferraris, that will happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens today with that case, but uh, that will happen in the future. Guys, uh, we, we're going to wrap up. So I want to say thank you very, very much to both of you for joining. I'm going to give you one last comment before we go. So, Sule uh any sort of parting comments
2: besides me running around this location trying to get a decent <laughs> data connection um apologies for that but uh being a last minute call up i suppose nick uh, i've got some sort of excuse um there's inter- interesting times ahead we don't quite know how it's all going to work um stress lending space will be busy next year
0: so like, it's been awesome having you thank you very very much darren your last words before we we sign off
1: in case I don't make it on, uh, back on lunch money before we open up, I just encourage everyone, as soon as we open up in the restaurants uh, and the hairdressers, not that I have a great deal of need for hairdressers, but as soon as they open back up, get out, start spending some money, support those businesses that have been hit the hardest by the lockdown. Yeah, Get out and open your wallet up and spend some money in your local restaurant your local pub. Uh, All right. And, uh, show some support.
0: All right. Good. Good words. Uh, good words for you to finish up on, Darren. I will just uh, say my usual. Um, don't forget to uh, share, like, and subscribe the Lunch Money podcast. Uh, thank you very much for those who've uh, persisted with us today. We, uh, as I say, I we we had a show planned, and uh, last minute, literally last minute, uh, I called Darren and Sule and asked uh, if they wouldn't mind uh, lending a hand, and I'm very very grateful to them for doing so. Thank you very much for joining us. Cheers.